Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. seen anything like that now let's head to the first tee this guy's pretty good and here's your host jeff kolpak yes i'm sure every golf show host out there just got back from pebble beach oh sorry that's just me good morning this is jeff kolpak this is the golf show brought to you by gunnerson jewelers studio and of course michelob ultra 740 The Fan statewide is the dial 107.3 on the FM dial. 740thefan.com is the web address. I always get the podcasts there. Man, what a treat I got today. Like I said, I just got back from Pebble Beach and covering Amy Olson in the U.S. Women's Open and got to see the how the family operates in a, in a professional golf tournament. I thought, you know what? No better time than to have Mark and Twyla Anderson, Amy's parents, in studio, and you guys are gracious enough to be here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you know, um, I got so many questions, and and I'm not sure how to really attack this other than maybe a timeline. I'm not saying, okay, when did Amy first pick up a golf club, but but you guys lived on a golf course, so I just kind of want to start there. Is how did how did your kids get going in golf, and certainly talking about Nathan too here. Okay, well, um, I was a baseball player growing up, so I never. Really was introduced to golf, never played golf. Um, I played fast pitch in the service, and I played uh, the city league uh, slow pitch. Mm -hmm. And then I got a serious knee injury at about the age of 34, Mm -hmm. and I could no longer run. And so a friend took me to El Zago golfing, (laughs) and it just became a passion for me, and I just really enjoyed it. And so... Mm -hmm. I wanted to live on a golf course, so we yeah. bought a lot out at Oxbow, and we built a house, and um, I married late in life. I married at age 35. and Hey, so did I. You're driving <laughs> that common, exactly. And, yeah. and so hmm. I built a putting green in our basement, a 12 by 15 room, and I built a putting green. So uh, when the kids came along, as soon as they could stand up, I had a putter for them, and we just played <laughs> on that putting green, and um, that's how it all started. Really? So... Hmm. Yeah. Twyla, um, when did you see Amy first? She told me once that Nathan was the golfer, and she just sort of tagged along. Yeah, that's pretty much how it kind of started. I don't think she was very interested for a while. I mean, basically, our life was kind of like after supper on the, you know, we lived on hole 12 of Oxbow, and mm-hmm. just after supper, we would do something as a family, and when they were young, a lot of times it was, oh, we might play two holes or three holes, and just kind of whatever they were up for, we didn't push it too much that they hated the game or whatever, but <laughs> right. we would just go do whatever they felt like. And as they got older, it got a little bit more, but Amy just really just came along with the family and she was looking for goose feathers and different things. She wasn't really <laughs> that excited about the golf, but I think it was about when she was around age nine, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, she started seeing Nathan doing well with golf. And I think he had probably won a tournament or something at that point. And 
something kind of clicked for her. And oh, she she's wanted, competitive, yeah. right? She was competitive. They, they've right? always had a competitiveness with them, but it's it seemed to have been a very healthy competitiveness, mm-hmm. and it's it's pushed each of them to do better. And they've always kind of had each other's back and been you know there for each other. So. So that kind of started for her, and then she kind of approached Mark about entering a tournament, and I can let him kind of explain Yeah, do you remember that? that? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, um, you know, I said, I'll enter you into this tournament, but I want you to give me 100% for mm-hmm. a couple months. Mm-hmm. Go on the range, hit balls, and if you don't enjoy the tournament after that, if you don't enjoy it, you know, you don't have to continue. And that summer... Um, she hit 150 bags of balls, which is probably 40 to 50 um, balls in each bag. Yeah. And she went to the little Ironman tournament down in DL and and uh, won the tournament at age nine. Won her first tournament. Yeah. It was, I think, the age of probably up to the age of 13, and mm-hmm. she won it. After that, it was uh, – hmm. she was hooked. She, yeah. she – uh, she just continued to practice, and, and it went from there. Well, you you both gave her the opportunity. You gave Nathan the opportunity, right. and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean, they, they were afforded the opportunity. and The other thing that was really nice with living out at Oxbow, we lived on a par three. And so when they were quite young, I could let them go and just putt for a while out mm-hmm. there and just occupy themselves, the two of them, because I could see them from my kitchen window. <laughs> and then um, it kind of, as they got older, they could kind of go back to the tee box and go mm-hmm. to, you know, do the whole, the entire hole. And it, it worked fine. I just said, now if somebody comes, you just need to come back in the yard. And so that worked. Where And then eventually um, there was like four holes that they could do. So they just as they got older, they could expand a little bit more and, you know, stay away from the water. They had yeah. their instructions. Right. And they did fine with that. And I would not have driven them out to Oxbow for three hours to do a little bit of this or whatever. But I could kind of keep doing my tasks inside and I could watch them. And as long as they obeyed, you know, they were able to kind of do what I allowed them to do. And it just worked. Yeah. And so they were able to kind of fine-tune their skills just, you know, gradually. So, Mark and Twyla Anderson, Amy Olson's parents in studios, Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. is presented by Michelob Ultra. Um, let's fast forward a little bit. And obviously both your kids got pretty good. But I think Amy first started getting on the national scope probably in 2008 at the U.S. Junior Girls Amateur. Is that fair to say, or is it something yeah, that before was, that? Uh, in 2008, she qualified the first time for the junior girls. Yep. And she did um, make the cut there and won a match and then got beat. But the next year in 2009, um, she actually won the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drove out to uh, uh, Trump National in Bedminster, New Jersey, and... You know, for us, it was a family vacation. We just loaded up the van, and we thought, boy, if you can make the cut and, and win a yeah. match or two, you know, this it was really uh, something we did as a family. And and here, um, two rounds of qualifying, she ended up being medalist and just started winning. Um, we could have left at that point and been excited. I mean, she was medalist, you know, in the qualifying, yeah. but... Yeah, each match she kind of kept winning, and it it just kind of blew us away. I so this surprised she, you? It oh, did. I yeah. mean, I think medalist even really was such an honor to have that happen. So yeah. to have her finalize the tournament and actually win was like, I don't think we really could grasp just how big it was at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, when we look back now, I mean, sure, she just played the Open and maybe didn't make the cut, but she's been a U.S. Open champion as far as a, a junior. I mean, mm -hmm. she has a trophy. So, And we actually had that trophy on her mantle for a year. So that, that's been kind of fun just to yeah. think back on that. So. so you're driving back from Maryland? Are you thinking, huh, wow, those kids might have something here. <laughs> well, she, she won the junior girls, which mm -hmm. qualified her then for the women's AM the next that's week, right. yeah. I believe. Oh, you, so no, you're like turning around and going. And, I, I well, had, we just didn't come home. We just kept <laughs> no on this. Way. I think we had a month that we were gone that we weren't quite intending to be gone that long. And, but. and they asked Amy in the media room, well, are you heading to St. Louis, Missouri for the women's am? And Amy goes... I don't know. We're on a family vacation. <laughs> I got to talk to my dad. Yeah, we're going to we're going to Disney World. I thought or something. So, yeah. so this was all new to us. Yeah. And so so yeah, we just went down to St. Louis and and she played the uh, the women's am and mm -hmm. uh, made the cut, but lost her uh, first match to Sydney Clanton, mm -hmm. which ended up being a very good friend of hers on tour. Yeah. So when we look back now, we see how big it was at the time. Mm -hmm. We just were. Doing family vacation, you know, and so um, when they asked us these different questions about going to the next tournament, we're like, oh, I mean, she just had no idea. We didn't even know this was an option. So, mm. um, yeah, it's it's been kind of fun now, especially looking back. Yeah, how old was she at the time? Of the, 17. At 17? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, it was right before she was going to enter college that fall. Yeah, so had she committed to NDSU at that point or not? Yeah, or, she verbally Okay. She verbally Did the committed. recruiters come back and go... Hey, uh, you know, oh, yeah, she had she had quite a bit of uh, a number of different offers. Um, I think but, partly because she graduated young, people would yep. she wasn't totally on their radar mm -hmm. until a lot of people were starting to ask at that point. So, yep. so um, wow, that's um, and, and a lot of times when recruiters, when colleges see a junior champion, Mm -hmm. They don't yeah. care if she's already committed or whatever. I mean, they'll go, right. they'll come back and right. give you calls. Can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but she stayed at NDSU and that had to have been a, a pretty cool thing for you guys. Yeah. And I think even looking back, they really just really see Her that, that was a, yeah, a positive thing. So, and then there was just so much local support and um, it was, it was nice to have them around here. Mm -hmm. And no, I think they now look back and they are very happy with that decision. Yep. We're going to take a break. This is Jeff Kopak. This is a golf show. We're going to talk about the NDSU years when we come back right around the corner. You got to get up in the morning and head out to the practice range. Get up in the Welcome back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show coming to you from the Gunderson Jewelers studio in Fargo. Mark and Twyla Anderson in studio, the parents of Amy Olson. Just back from Pebble Beach. We'll get into Pebble Beach here in a little bit. But uh, both your kids had great success at North Dakota State. Mm -hmm. And when you look back at those college years, uh, Amy had, what, 20 titles. Nathan was this team's best player for three, four years. Anything stand out besides the success, or does that stand out? Or was there the college experience or anything like that? Well, I think they both really enjoyed their college experience. I think for them, um, just having that team, mm -hmm. they you know they hadn't had that. It was more individual up to that point, and I think that's something they look back on and and treasure. Um, so no, I think, and I think their world was kind of broadened just with the travel with the team and um, going to new places, eating new foods. I mean, it just it expanded their horizons quite a bit. So I think they definitely enjoyed their college years. And Amy went uh, three summit titles, I, I believe. And um, did you were you able to travel much to those tournaments? And it was interesting because they were they both went into school the same year and graduated the same year, so their college 
um, golf was all at the same time. So And not at the same place. No, not I mean there were maybe one or two tournaments maybe a year or I don't not a lot. And so I think we would take each of their schedules at the beginning of the year and mm-hmm. we'd kinda pick and choose which things we were gonna go to and so we did travel quite a bit during their college years and it was very fun. We just yeah. really enjoyed that. So it was fun for us as well as them. How'd you decide and I'm including the LPGA career into this too, how did you decide where to go? Because, and like I just said, the tournaments are not at Oxbow. They're all over the country. I think every year the schedule would have to come out because every year the schedule can be different. And so mm-hmm. we would maybe take a look at anything we could drive to. You know, of course, looking at our, our schedule, what was going on. But anything we could drive to, if there were anywhere, there were two at the same location or mm-hmm. close to each other we would do. Um, we started doing, in the winter, they would have one in Arizona and then have two in California. Mm-hmm. So we would travel down, you know, by car make that circuit, and we'd probably be gone for a month and just take in those tournaments. And okay. that was really fun for, for several years. When she um, first started, she'd be down in Florida, and she'd be practicing because you can't practice in North Dakota real easy for um, the tour in the winter. And so we would go spend maybe a month, month and a half there, and then we would travel over to Arizona, California. So then we'd be gone for three months. Right. Um, but basically it was just kind of looking at the locations. Um, I don't think during her college career we really went overseas much although i went with her to australia and new zealand and that was probably all during so you did go overseas i did yeah yeah. um we went overseas in 2012 to the curtis cup uh, over in scotland when she was i guess she was in just about finishing up her college career at that point so i want to fast forward a little bit there she turns pro and i think 2014 was the first full year right and you just have a recent college graduate. And as a parent, I have to, I, I wonder about this too. She's traveling the world. I was thinking as, about as, that. As parents, what, yes. what's that like? I was thinking of that on my way over here because, you know, we homeschooled. She actually finished early. She graduated at 16, turned 17 in July, was mm-hmm. going to go to college that fall. And so when she graduated, she was 21, I think. I mean, yeah, I think she was 21. And she was starting her LPGA career before her actual... At age 21. Yes. Right. And she goes overseas. Well, um, Nathan finished up his master's, and he was able to caddy for her that summer. Oh, that's a comfort So factor. as a parent, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a big comfort to us because, you know, sending your daughter over around the world at 21 by herself, and she had done some traveling, but not a lot of overseas traveling, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a little disconcerting, but... Mm. That helped a lot, just yep. to have Nathan there. And um, so they buddied up and did that for, I guess, about six or seven months. And then he got his job and went to that in September. So, yep. Mark, echo those thoughts as a, as, a, as a father when you see your daughter all over the world at such a young age? Yeah. No, um, <clears throat> looking back, it uh, we just kind of put one foot in front of the other. It's, it's something that just took off and... Mm-hmm. And you can't really hold them back. It's something that they have a passion for. And uh, I think it was just so nerve-wracking watching her go through the three stages of Q school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's really out of the parents' control at this point. Yep. And if she can make it, you know, obviously she's she's ready to, to give that a try. And uh, But, yeah, there is a, a point where, where you do let go. But it is also interesting just to see the amazing ability they have to navigate the world. I mean, you're making she she made like flight arrangements and car arrangements and 
And she did it all. She, yeah. Where some people will have maybe an agent or somebody doing some of that, yeah. but you know, most people see her on the golf course, and it's like that's all she does. That isn't all she does. I mean, and then you're traveling Mondays trying to get someplace. Tuesday, Wednesday, you've got practice rounds, pro ams. Then you've got your tournament, and you're in different time zones. And it's like I just watch this, and I'm just amazed at what what they do now, but what they had to learn initially. Plus, you're setting up a business, learning tax, you know, rules or whatever. So it is quite an undertaking, and at that age yeah. especially. In essence, she's a CEO at age 21 of her exactly. own business. Exactly. And I don't think people realize that. Right. Yeah, you're just not, you just don't golf. Right. <laughs> you do a lot more. I remember that first year um, they were in France, and she got food poisoning. And Nathan called home, and her temperature was what, you got up to 105 at one point. Five, and, you know, when you're way over here and they're over there, it's it's it starts to become a real worry. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, but but they manage through it. But that's just some of the things that uh you know that happens to a tour player mm-hmm. sometimes, and and they mm-hmm. just have to deal with it. Yep. So what impresses you most about the way she plays? And when I I, I got my opinions just. At the Pebble Beach at the U.S. Women's Open is the first time I really got to see her from hole to hole to hole in a mm-hmm. professional setting. And, I mean, I have my thoughts, but go ahead. I would say my first thought is I, I feel like throughout her whole career, you don't know if she's shooting seven over or four under. I mean, she just maintains kind of that mm-hmm. same. She doesn't have a lot of reaction, good or bad. She just maintains, and I, I, I think that is a good quality. So that's one thing that I notice. Yeah, I would say there's a a very controlled intensity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. Um, she has learned not to um, let her get herself get too high and not let herself get too low. Yep. But there's definitely a strong desire within. How about you two? Twilight, you look so relaxed watching her. I don't know if that's the way inside, but you look so relaxed watching her at the U.S. Open. Um, I would say, you know, the, the when I get the most nervous is when she's like maybe really in contention. It's I just I know that until the last hole is posted, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. So that that does make me kind of nervous. Otherwise, I'm just watching my daughter a lot of time, and of course I'm rooting for her or whatever. But I think sometimes because I'm not such a golfer like everybody else in the family, I don't know all the idiosyncrasies of maybe what they know, which can probably stress them out more. But um, yeah, I would say overall I'm pretty relaxed unless it gets to a real point where it's like this is really feels like it's really mattering now um and it's always mattering but Mm -hmm. um i just i guess no overall i would say i tend to be a little more on the calm side um i just enjoy walking along being out there being with my family so i was more when i coached my son's baseball i was more calm when i was actually the coach and had some control Uh i couldn't be like that just watching (laughs) If, if my son was on the PGA Tour, I don't know if I could be that control. Mark, what, what goes? What are your feelings? What goes through your mind? Um, I pretty much take on all the nervousness of the family. <laughs> so um, you'd be like me. I uh, I don't know if it shows a lot while I'm following, um, but um, it's 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 difficult watching your kids play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have played golf a lot, and I understand how tough the game is. And so if she hits a bad shot, I'm not 
like why did you hit it over there or what what are you doing it, yeah. it's nothing like that because um she has worked so hard and she she doesn't nobody hits a bad shot on purpose mm-hmm. but you just feel for them if they hit a bad shot how they have to deal with it what they're going through you kind of have an idea what's going on inside when when they get into a a, a tough situation um and i think for me like I remember Mark saying one time about having a fried egg or like it's a, a buried lie. And I'm like, I don't even know what these things mean. You know, I'm, <laughs> and then the fact if it's in the grass, how it, you probably can't spin it or something. I mean, I don't know these things, so mm-hmm. I can't worry about that because I don't even know about that unless he explains it. So I've learned things as time has gone on through yeah. commentary, you know, mm-hmm. but he he's lived a lot of that. So he yeah. knows what can happen. So I think that makes a big difference between us. And when she's playing well, Mark, uh what, what what do you see? It's it's fun. It's yeah. fun to watch. It's um, um, when she when she plays well and like like in Minneapolis here a few weeks ago, um, there's just a, a confidence about her. You just know that when she steps up to the ball, it's you mm-hmm. know if she has a wedge, it's gonna she's gonna have a birdie putt. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And and those are the those are the fun rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of disappointments in this game, and so you never really let yourself get too high. Or well, and or just low. even following the LPG for as many years as we have, all of those girls are so good, yeah. and it's a matter of who shows up that day with their game. I mean, I mean, whoever wins is just the one whose game is doing well right now. So, and that same person may struggle to make the cut next week. I mean, they're so close. So, um, yeah, we just watch and just. Trust that the day will go as well as it can. Yeah. Speaking of that qualifier, you caddied for her. You almost got Tanika fired. You were uh, so, you know, I don't was... think so. I'm not sure Tanika <laughs> was going to go up to Minneapolis for that. But anyway, no, I was happy to do it. I've never done it. And we had a wonderful day mm-hmm. just um, walking the course together. And I just loved having the opportunity. Yep. Uh, this is delightful. You guys have some time yet? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, great. We're going to take a break. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. Back after this. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look Welcome back. Another segment with Mark and Twyla Anderson, the parents of Amy Olson. We just got back. We, I mean, I feel like I'm part of the traveling crew here. But first of all, congratulations, grandparents. Yes. Coming grandparents. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, very yep. exciting. <laughs> A new stage in life, yep. I guess. So um, as she puts her... Uh, I guess the pause button on, on the career for now, and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, Pebble Beach, where does that rank for your experience in, in following your daughter playing professional golf? Well, it's... I mean, that's a there's a lot there, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the most spectacular um, courses that we've been to uh, alongside the ocean, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just got so much history behind it that... Um, it was really fun to to go out and physically walk that course and see that uh, see those holes. And I got a chance on one of the practice rounds to just putt on on one of the greens. Oh, you did okay. And just to see how how fast that that green was and how far the ball would just roll. Um, so it certainly ranks up there um, as far as as the golf course. Um, there are other other courses that, um, you know, memories that, that we have that probably would uh, uh, rank 
probably higher. Obviously, mm-hmm. the win at Bedminster, New Jersey, as a as mm-hmm. junior girls would probably yeah. rank as probably probably my most favorite memory. Mm-hmm. Um, as as far as um, another one would be the Broadmoor when she qualified for the U.S. Open. Yeah. Um, that would be another course that great really course. ranked up there, and and, and a great family. Uh, event that we got to partake in. Well, Amy's been an advocate of sorts, too, for the LPGA Tour. I know she's voiced her opinion publicly on purses and there's dis- dispersion mm-hmm. of purses. I think playing this tournament at Pebble Beach was a big step forward for women's golf. Like, you know what? They deserve the best courses and they deserve the best venues. Yeah. And I-, I thought that was a big thing for the players. Yeah, no, they've definitely made progress in her 10 years on the tour. So I think she's You've very happy to see that. Okay. Yeah, purses you- and locations. So, have you, Did you get to know, have you gotten to know other players or parents along the way of LPGA players? Oh, yeah. We've um, we've gotten to know uh, Sidney Clanton's parents, um, Ellie Ewing's mm-hmm. uh, parents. Um, those probably are the two that we've been the closest to that uh, when – when we when they're at the same tournament, we sometimes go out to eat and have gotten to know them. So, and the players, I think, have there's a, there's a certain respect there too. I mean, Amy said we want to beat each other, but and and she's told me that for ten years, and I got to <laughs> see that, and I go, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. What's been your experience with with her and her other players and and um, the competition out there? Well, Amy is very much pro all the other players, I mean, very much for, very encouraging mm-hmm. to them and desiring relationships with them. But she said at the end of the day, too, that's that's their job. That's what they do. So um, they're all intent in getting the job done. So, Is it tough when she doesn't make the cut? Can you tell? I mean... On her? Yep. You know, to be honest, I don't know that we really talk about it much mm-hmm. when that happens. I think we all feel a letdown. I mean, you can't help but not. Um, probably even harder when it's close. Like you just wonder, like one point should you? I mean, one stroke should you feel worse than if it was ten strokes? I don't know. I, I guess it's not great to not play well, but it's really not great to be so close and to miss it. So I think there's always an element of disappointment. Yep, the 2020 U.S. Open when she finished runner-up, mm-hmm. uh, very emotional week. Obviously, mm-hmm. how did you guys deal with that? Yeah, um, I think we dealt with the second place probably better than we dealt with the second place at the Evian in France. Um, In France, you know, she had that one-shot lead on the tee box and and hit a bad tee shot. Um, In 2020, there was so much much going on. Her father-in-law passing away. Yeah, all of a sudden you're looking at at life in a a different perspective. And um, and so um, it was difficult seeing her. Mm-hmm. Having to play through that, um, but um, we prayed a lot for her, and I think the other thing is just it was um, just to see her be able to rise above that and do what she needed to do. It, I guess, it just showed just how strong she is. Yeah, she can get yeah. something done when she needs to. Because I know that was very hard for. Her. I mean, you're you're dealing with two very opposite things. I mean, you're at the top of the leaderboard at the same time as a loved one has passed away. So mm-hmm. she had to work through a lot and she really, she hung in there. I've been on that chair asking those questions in, in tough situations, whether it's football or whatever. I've obviously never been a pro athlete and been on the other side of that chair. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine what it's like for her to step to that microphone with the TVs going 
and questions going. I, I just don't know how I'd handle that. Right. And I, I think we all, most of us, I hope, in the media are, are um, uh, accepting of that and, and understand that. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. But um, what have you seen with her and her relationship with the media? I'm just curious from your vantage point what it's been like because it's not always easy. I mean, you know. No, I think there's a lot of demands on them just yes. because a lot of people do want to talk to her and they don't realize that maybe 25 other people have talked to her. And we see that because, you know, we're watching the whole picture or whatever. Mm-hmm. And not just with media, with many things. Um, but I feel like, I think she's learning maybe where she needs to have boundaries. And I think she she's just learning how to, I mean, she's able to keep herself very composed and, again, kind of get the job done just like on the golf course. There's a lot to manage off the golf course. And, yep. and I think as she's matured, she's learning more of those things. So um, she's probably in training for something else. I don't know. Pickleball. She's doing a good job. Pickleball. <laughs> yeah. Professional. She loves it, yeah. Hey, I wouldn't put that past her. Seriously. <laughs> Professional. We'll talk you, to Grant. We'll see what he says. I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah, you guys play. Uh, um, big football fans, obviously. You married. Uh, she married into a football mm-hmm. family. So um, managing – Two professional, and I'll, I'll put NDSU as a professional almost sport because it, it is intensive. Time consuming, yeah. Uh, boy, being a part of that family has got to be just, um, um, you talk about the ups and downs of athletics. It's all year round for you mm-hmm. guys, isn't it? Pretty much. Mark Twyla? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I never really um, was much of a football fan mm-hmm. for NDSU until our kids went to college there. And of course, then I enjoyed going to the games with them and uh, and you know Grant and Amy got together after graduation so mm-hmm. we, we missed about, all of his we heard about Grant Olson but yeah. we never really uh, who is this guy <laughs> play and and so and now I'm just a huge football fan I I love to to go to the practices you know when they practice outside I'll watch from outside the fence and 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 try to get to know some of the, get familiar with some of the players, and mm-hmm. it just makes it so much more fun to watch watch the game. So I'm just a huge football fan now and, and just love what's coming up this fall. I mean, yeah. our golf is kind of going to be by the wayside here this, this summer now with mm-hmm. Amy pregnant, and um, but I'm, I'm gearing up for football. Mm-hmm. Yep. You a football fan now, Twyla? Well, my son-in-law's in football, so I'm going to be a football <laughs> yeah. fan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, boy, Grant, and I, uh, so on the practice round on Wednesday, um, he was inside the ropes. I was outside the ropes and, and Amy's going down 18 and I go, wow, these are great photos. I, I gave Grant my camera. I go, Hey, just start shooting photos. Okay. <laughs> just help me out. And then I think I returned the favor after she finished her last putt. He gave me his camera and he goes, start shooting photos, take a family photo. I said, okay. So, um, Good times. Hey, thank you so much for, for uh, all your thoughts, and congratulations again on, on being grandparents. Yeah, and, we're excited. And, thank uh, you. You know, we'll see where the, what the future holds. It's, it's always always exciting with you guys in, in <laughs> golf or pickleball or whatever. Well, we're ready for the next chapter, so we'll see what that looks like. Absolutely. <laughs> That's Mark Anderson. That's Twilight Anderson, parents of Amy Olson. This is Jeff Kopak. We'll be back after this. Wow, that was fun. Thanks again, Mark and Twyla Anderson, for coming in the studio and sharing their thoughts on their their daughter. And and certainly Nathan had a a very good college career, too. And uh, two great golfers. So 
Very, uh, I, I just uh, found that I've never talked to Mark and Twyla on the air or in a story, and they're obviously such a, a big deal and such a big part of Amy's journey. So that was that was really fun. That was really good. Before I left for Pebble Beach, I uh, did a story on a man who had a hole-in-one and albatross in the same round. In the same round. Cody Aldinger is his name from Holly. Uh, stepped up and had a hole-in-one on uh, at Holly Country Club on the uh, number eight tee box. Steps up on number eight tee box. Sinks a hole-in-one. And then he's playing with his son, Braden. And uh, a few holes later on the par 5 14th, he's 268 yards out from the hole and sinks that. <laughs> so that's uh, the odds are, I don't know, billion or so to one, but uh, just amazing stuff. And without further ado, I'd like to bring on what is now the man, the myth, the legend, I guess you could say, considering what he did a couple of weeks ago, Cody Aldinger. Good morning, Cody. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Thank you. How about yourself? Well, great. Thanks. And I'm guessing I'm asking you to describe something you've probably described about oh, about twenty five thousand times. But let's uh, let's shoot for twenty five thousand and one. But uh, you're playing with your son on a what a Wednesday night a couple weeks ago, and I'm just going to let you take the story from there. You stepped to what hole eight, correct? The the par three. Yeah, that's right. So uh, my son and I golf quite a bit in the evenings and we went out for just a normal evening round the two of us and um you know we got out to hall eight um playing for the blues out in holly so mm-hmm. i'm seeing off there and uh hit my tee shot and you know from from my perspective it looked like it bounced once and maybe rolled to the back of the green or went long and mm-hmm. my son says i think think that went in and <laughs> that didn't think so i said that that had to have been long so we get up there and couldn't find my ball and Sure enough, it's in the hole. So that was uh, a pretty awesome experience. I'd never had a hole in one before, and uh, it was just fun to, to be able to be there with him on that and celebrate. And, right. Um, it's just kind of as, as a golfer, not having a hole in one before, just kind of a relief, honestly. So <laughs> yeah, um, you're what four, you're forty what six or something? Uh, forty one. Forty one. So, okay. Yep. So yep. So, so yeah, it's just kind of nice to be able to check that box, if you will. And yep. Um, so then at that point, you know, the, the rest of the round, his goal was to beat me so that I had to frame a scorecard with him winning on it. So, <laughs> um, so, so we continued on. And, yeah, you're uh, not competitive there, are, are we? Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we we compete uh, compete friendly all the time. Yep. So, um, so, yeah, so he was, he was you know, bantering back and forth with me. And, mm-hmm. um, so we, we just continue on as normal. We get to hole 14, which is a kind of a 90-degree dogleg in Holly, and I lay my drive straight out there and um, we're 268 yards out. I, I hit my club and, you know, I hit it really well, just kind of what I wanted it to do. And, you know, again, bantering back and forth a little bit, I kind of laughed at him and said, I'm putting for Eagle and <laughs> threw my club in the bag and didn't even really watch it hit yeah. the green. So just knew it was going to be well. And so we get down there and again, couldn't find my ball. So I just assumed it was long and he tells me right away, just check the hole. You probably made it. No, I said I just got and a hole in one. And he's no joking. Way. Yeah, he's joking. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Yep. And then as I'm walking up to the hole with my, you know, putter and wedge, I was going to the back of the green. He says, "If you make a hole in one and an albatross in the same party, was I'm quitting golf." <laughs> <laughs> Jokingly, and uh, sure enough, it's in the hole. I saw it in there, and I immediately turned around, and walked away. I said, "You got to come see this for yourself." And, um, so he, you know, right away, joking again. He's 
oh man, I got to quit golf. And sit. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, it was just, just kind of crazy and a couple lucky bounces. And, you know, at that point we were kind of racing dark. So mm-hmm. we, uh, we hurry up and continued on and, you know, we beat, beat dark by just a little bit. And, uh, just kind of went home and told the story to the family and flying high and texting friends at that point that night. So I was flying high with adrenaline, didn't yeah. sleep pro all that yeah. night. So. Well, yeah, when when Matt Cook, who you know is a friend of yours from Holly, uh, the head pro at Rose Creek, when he texted me that, I think it was the next morning, and I didn't have my reading glasses on, and I'm kind of I, I, I what? And I, I had to, I got my glasses, and I, I think I read it three times. I, I couldn't believe it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like what? And and you and I both did research. Uh, a few billion to one odds. I don't know. Have you found anything out since? Yeah, I've not been able to find anything official since. I saw that you know the, the odds of a hole in water one and. 12,500, I think, mm-hmm. but, uh, odds of an albatross are one in 6 million. Um, so then I'm no, I'm no mathematician, but I think the calculation on that comes out to be one in 75 billion or something, according <laughs> to what I saw online. And yeah, I, I texted Matt. I know Matt well, and mm-hmm. um, his daughter, Sophie. So I texted both of them and told them what happened. Matt said he's, he has never heard of that before. So yeah, it was kind of, kind of neat. So so have you found a, a case for two golf balls and, and a scorecard, or do you have to make one, or how do you I, how I do am, you display I this? Not, but, you know, my dad is a, a woodworker himself and, and does a lot of cool stuff, so I'm going to have him build me something here. So, uh, But I've not been able to find one with two golf balls and a scorecard. So it'll be uh, pretty be pretty special to have him build it as well and, and put that up on a wall somewhere. So. Yeah, and... You're a pretty good player. What, what what's your handicap? Uh, you told me once. So. Yeah, I'm a six handicap yeah, right now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can hit the ball, but um, I, what is more unlikely the 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 double eagle you think or the hole in one on that on that particular hole? Yeah, definitely the double eagle. Okay. So you know, it, it takes you know whether it's pretty much any hole. I mean, uh, double eagles pretty unique. So you gotta you gotta hit two good shots to give yourself an opportunity for that. So right. And I, I honestly, that night, I didn't even really think that through. I was still more excited about the hole in one until I got home and right. processed a little bit. Right. That albatross or double eagle is probably the more unique. So I think I quoted somebody on the story I did uh, on you. Yeah, here it is uh, from a, a guy from the PGA who was a senior director of handicap at one time, and he said there are definitely far more aces, and that makes sense. Someone has to hit two great shots. You have to have length and ability. Only a small percentage of golfers, less than 10%, ever reach a par 5 and 2. That means 90% of the golfers don't even have a chance of making an albatross. So <laughs> there you go. That's, that's crazy. That's an, that's <laughs> incredible. So uh, what did you end up shooting that day or that night? Uh, I shot a 73, so two over par, par uh, probably 71. Yeah. Par, so. uh, is golf and big part? And I still only won by one stroke to my son. So. <laughs> <laughs> So did it come down to the last hole? Or don't you describe that? Yeah, we were we were tied going into hole seventeen, and uh, I ended up birdieing seventeen, and he just missed a birdie putt by an inch or two, and so he ended up parring, and then I ended up taking the lead by one, and held on to it through eighteen. So, <laughs> that's, so golf's a pretty big deal with your family, right? What what is it about golf with your son or your family that's just a it's. I think that's a great way for families to spend time together. It is, you know, golf for us is, you know, especially my son and I is, it's just a great time to spend time together. And, um, you know, it's something we can do 
you know, essentially at the same level for, you know, years to come and, mm-hmm. and continue on even through high school, whatever. But, you know, he, he competes in high school golf and um, through soda series and stuff in the summer. Um, but it, it's just, it's peaceful out on the golf course. It's, you know, something that we can visit while we're doing it. So it's mm-hmm. not a super intense sport. And uh, we, we try to get out as much as possible. It's just a great time to, whether it's him or, or the, the guys that I golf with on, you know, men's night, Tuesday nights, whatever, it's just a great social sport as well. So, so uh, when I got my hole in one, I had this similar experience. I thought I went long, and I thought, okay, no way did it go in the hole. I'm searching in back of the green with my uh, friend I was playing with, and um, and he goes, oh, you know what? Might, well, check the hole because uh, it was right on the pin. I thought, and I went up there, and sure enough, there it was. And I made the mistake of throwing it on Facebook that I got a hole in one because, and then I had to buy everybody around that I knew, and it cost me like 250 bucks. Do you have to pay double what you did? <laughs> yeah. Fortunately for me, the uh, it didn't happen the night before at men's night, and yeah. fortunately for me, the, the clubhouse was closed by the time we were done. So uh, I owe my son a root beer keg, I think. And other than that, I think so far I'm good, but I haven't golfed with my men's group yet since. So. That's, I might have a little bit of a tab coming yet. That's, that's awesome. So obviously something uh, you'll treasure forever. I mean, that's absolutely that's incredible. So, hey, Cody, th- thanks for joining us. And, um, again, that, that's uh, Albatross and a hole-in-one in the same round, people, in the same round, which is uh, an incredible feat. So thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it, Cody. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take that, care. That's Cody Aldinger from Holly, Minnesota. Again, Albatross and a hole-in-one in the same round of golf. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. Here we are in mid-July. Thanks again to Mark and Twyla Anderson, Amy Olson's parents. That was a fantastic conversation. It was fantastic, again, to watch the family and just how they enjoyed each other at the U.S. Women's Open last week. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. Until next week, hit them straight.